Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the 40 Manor Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to react to the San Francisco 49ers 21-20 Week 2 of the NFL preseason victory over the Denver Broncos, including does San Francisco have three starting quarterbacks? We'll dive into some highs and lows of the day. We'll even get into Ronnie Bell and can he make this roster and what the heck is going on at the nickel position for San Francisco. And could Isaiah Oliver be off the roster come roster cuts in about a week and a half? We'll dive into all of that today. But first, I want to remind you to use that promo code or at SeatGeek.com. 49ers access. 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Let's dive into the Saturday afternoon game at Levi Stadium, the quote-unquote home opener, preseason home opener for the San Francisco 49ers, their first game at Levi Stadium since the divisional round of the NFL playoffs last year against the Dallas Cowboys. And the first time we get to see Brock Purdy since the NFC Championship game. There was rumors, there was talk about it. Kyle Shanahan wasn't confirmed about it up until game day when we saw Brock Purdy and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and the rest of the San Francisco 49ers jog out onto the field in a full uniform for the first time in the 2023-2024 NFL season. I'm sure you were excited. I was excited. So let's dive in and discuss what happened on Saturday between the San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos at Levi Stadium. And first, let's dive into the injuries, because the injuries, while not many, there was one on the very first play of the day for the San Francisco 49ers. Danny Gray sprained his SC joint in his shoulder next to his collarbone, uh, injured it on the opening kick, is unlikely to play in Week 1, so McLeod and now Danny Gray find themselves as the kick returners who are not potentially going to play Week 1 of the regular season. Uh, Jeremy Nichols, their foot fifth running back on the roster, he hurt his hamstring, going to be out a few weeks. Wasn't going to make the roster anyways, but he's played okay in preseason thus far. Uh, but still, uh, I would not be surprised if San Francisco brings back Kalen LeBourne to fill that roster spot, who they cut recently to add some defensive line depth. Uh, Kerry Hyder had a stinger. Uh, he's going to be out probably for a few days, but should be just fine. And this week... Uh, the San Francisco 49ers should get back Dre Greenlaw, Kalia Davis, Javon Kinlaw, Drake Jackson, Elijah Mitchell, and George Kittle. So some injuries, but also here come uh, here come the cavalry. We're, we're getting healthy finally as we gear up for Friday's game against the Chargers and Week One against Pittsburgh in two weeks now. But what happened on Saturday? Let's talk about the quarterbacks. There were three of them, and look. 
Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, they all played really, really well. Um, leaving this game, coming out of Saturday, going to sleep on Saturday, waking up today on Sunday morning, uh, I feel pretty confident, and I'm sure you do as well, where the quarterback room is. I know, two, you know one week ago against Las Vegas, it was, oh my goodness, what is this quarterback room? Trey Lance, sky falling. Um, Sam Darnold's mediocre at best, and now we're, after two games of the preseason, seeing our three assumed quarterbacks going to make the roster, uh, I think we should be feeling pretty good about ourselves. But the first one, the man of the hour, uh, by all means, the first the person to make his season debut was the returning, the incumbent starting quarterback, Brock Purdy. To many, they call him Big Cock Brock. Um, I won't go that far, but I do like to call him Brocky P from time to time. But Brocky P, Brock Purdy, returned to the field for the first time since tearing his UCL in the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles uh, last season in January. Uh, and Brock Purdy looked like he hadn't missed any time. There are worries of, you know... Is there going to be rust? How is he going to look coming back from the injury? Um, certain people on Twitter that were at training camp, I uh, won't name names, have been hammering home the point that you know, he isn't healthy, that you know, he's not ready yet. And I think Brock Purdy put all the concerns to bed on Saturday against Denver. Uh, watching Brock Purdy play, I mean, my goodness, he looked like Brock Purdy of last year. Four for five, 65 yards, led a field goal drive in his first drive, only drive thus far in the preseason. Looked comfortable in the pocket, looked confident, looked like, again, he hadn't missed a beat. Uh, looked like Brock Purdy last year putting up 40 points against Washington in the second half. Looked like he just came out of two playoff games against Seattle and Dallas riding high uh, coming into Saturday against Denver. He looked really good, um, took a few hits. Uh, I wanted to see that, and he got right back up and just kept moving. Like There, there were a lot, a lot of good things to take away from Brock Purdy. Uh, it's funny, too, because as he took the field, I got text saying, oh my goodness, Brock is playing. How is this going to go? And as soon as that first drive ended, it was, oh my goodness, I'm so thankful he's healthy again. Like My parents, uh, friends of the team... People that cover the team were just texting me saying, thank God Brock Purdy's back because we've spent, I don't know, seven months discussing, you know, should this team add a quarterback that ended up being Sam Darnold? Uh, where will Trey Lance be? Or, or, or are they going to fight for quarterback one if Purdy isn't healthy? All of that conversation is now dead. Brock Purdy is completely healthy and ready to go for week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh on the East Coast. Brock Purdy looks ready. He looked healthy. Um, but let's dissect his play a little more. Um, yes, it was a lot of dink and dunk per se. Um, you know, first little play, you know, dump off to, to Debo Samuel, 25 yards, and a screen to deal for 14 yards. Like, it was a lot of short yardage, quick stuff, but that's how you get a quarterback that hasn't played in a long time uh, back into the rhythm of things. Uh, I thought it was, like, Shanahan fed the offense to his strengths, catered it to his strengths. Um, but even though the first couple plays were maybe, again, quote-unquote, dink and dunk, quick things, which are areas that the two other guys have struggled with at times during training camp and practice, and even for Lance in previous seasons, um, Brock Purdy looked like he can maneuver the offense the best of the three quarterbacks 
on the field and get one drive. Let's let's not forget that. Purdy got one drive. Darnold got five drives. Lance got four drives. And in one drive, again, in a very small microcosm of football, Brock Purdy looked like the best quarterback of the three guys combining against the Raiders and this game against Denver. Again, the other guys did a lot of great things. He'll dive into that pretty quickly here, but Brock Purdy looked like a NFL starting quarterback. And if he's healthy, I hope reassured many fans that this team is going to go a long way this year. Hopefully it's in February, but at least a long way into playoffs. But uh, there were a few things I wanted to hit on with him exactly. Uh, I think his best play of the day was play action, runs to his left, kind of gives a little hezzy to the lineman, and just throws over the linebacker right to Jawan Jennings on play action in, in a second level of the defense. Um, you can tell that Brock Purdy's comfortable. There was no rust uh, from his arm, no rust from his legs. His, his pocket presence looked exactly the same. He looked like Brock Purdy last year. Like He looked like 7-1, 7-0 Brock Purdy that led this team to 33-plus points on offense. And he looked like, like the offense looked like it was in full gear without George Kittle, without Chris McCaffrey and Trent Williams. Like this offense looked like a fluid, you know, machine running down the field, moving down the field with ease. Debo Samuel looked phenomenal. Um, to pause the quarterback talk for a second, we have discussed here many times that Debo Samuel should be in for a really big season. He wants to come out and improve that. Last year was kind of a fluke for him, right? He wants to be 2021 All-Pro Debo Samuel again. Uh, and I, I I, hope fans got a glimpse of what he's been doing in practice. But for someone who's been there, seeing that live on TV in actual game action, I, th I think we're kind of reproves that point of Debo is skinnier, but he's faster and just as aggressive. You, like, you, you are not going to be able to arm tackle Debo Samuel uh, this year. Um, he has a point to prove. He is he's very much uh, ready to take the league back by storm and reprove he is this team's number one receiver. He's motivated again in the best shape of his career. And you can tell from the jump, those first two plays, it was, oh my goodness, uh, Debo Samuel looks like he's back on track. Uh, didn't touch the ball much, but again, looked really Really good. 39 yards on one play and looks fast, aggressive, and he looks like 2021 Debo Samuel, if not better, at least physically right now. But back to Brock Purdy. The one thing that stuck out to me was he was on time with almost all of his throws. Um, whether it was a slant or a dump off or to Jennings or even that nice slant to Ayuk on the right side. It was like, bang, on the money, key. Like, you can tell... And I hope fans are starting to see it if they didn't believe beforehand as to why Kyle Shanahan is picking him to be the starting quarterback. Like, to see him in the offense, efficient, effective, concise, accurate, on point, on time, um, I hope that reaffirms your faith in why Kyle Shanahan wants him to be this team's starting quarterback, or at least has named him this team's starting quarterback this year. Um... As a fan, as someone who wants to win a lot of games this year, uh, watching Brock Purdy play kind of brought a calmness to me of the chaos of the quarterback situation is over with for 
you know, the time being, granted, after what Lance did and Darnold did, it's picked back up. But, <laughs> but, um, but seeing what Brock Purdy did on Saturday, I do believe it should have calmed a lot of nerves of, you know, what are we going to do if he's not healthy? Um, and even going further than that, based on what Darnold and Lance did, should make us feel comfortable that if Purdy isn't healthy, we do have two players that can come out there and actually, you know, put some good drives together and run the offense effectively behind him if needed this year. But I think Brock Purdy, like, he took a sack, right? Now, Ty Davis Price, make your block, please. Like, you've been really bad in pass, in pass protection this year. Um, just whiffed. But there was this kind of talk of, and, and I said it here, take a hit. Like, how would you go in to react to getting hit? Um, takes a hit, gets back down, and I think the one thing with Purdy that stands out to me is that on a play I think he would, might want back, where he scrambles to his left, um, and he did have Jawan Jennings open in a small window uh, while he ran to his left at the goal line, but after getting hit the first time, what does Brock Purdy do? He scrambles can easily go out of bounds and move to his left for a yard or two. He looks for contact to fight for the extra yard in a meaningful game. Like, Brock Purdy is a gamer. Like, if he was playing baseball, he wants to get that jersey dirty, right? There's the old saying in baseball, if, if you ain't got dirt on your jersey, you didn't play. Uh, that same thing goes for Brock Purdy. He wants to get that jersey dirty. He wants to be in the trenches with those guys. He wants to seek out contact. And for a team that has Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and Chris McCaffrey and others that you can tell play an aggressive, you know, I'm going to fight for every single yard style of football, uh, Brock Purdy is one of them. You can tell like they back him because he is one of the boys. Now, on that same play, hey, Brock, uh, get out of bounds, please. Um, I'd rather not have to play Sam Darnold or Trey Lance this year. Now, I have more faith in them after this game than before the game, but I think like every other team, every 31 other team in, in the NFL, they'd only like to play their starting quarterback. And if you're Brock Purdy in your first game back especially, or even if it's week three against the Chargers next week or week one against Pittsburgh in three weeks, just go out of bounds. I'd rather you not pull a Jimmy Garoppolo a la 2018 and get hurt again and be out for the season and have us reliant on Sam Darnold or Trey Lance. Like, you're a starting quarterback. I would ask you protect your body. <laughs> um, scramble, five fresh yards, sure, but let's just be a little smarter than that. We've already seen this team be derailed so many times at quarterback. And for all the great he did, all the completed passes on time, on target, on the money, on one drive... Uh, a small thing, but just protect yourself. Just please don't get hurt. <laughs> please. Um, but I do think we we really did see the the full arsenal, the full display of what Brock Purdy's going to do for this team where, you know, it's not all going to be about Brock Purdy. It's going to be about feeding your star players around him, but he can do that so well. And we still got the glimpse of when things aren't perfect, when the play isn't designed and guys aren't open, he can scramble to his left, find some room to maneuver and hit Juwan Jennings, you know, for 15 yards downfield, 20 yards downfield. Like, we saw Brock Purdy, a starting quarterback, on the field on Saturday against the relative, relatively good 
Denver defense um, that I think, although new regime there, and I, and I understand that, it's preseason, mind you. Like, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Like, Purdy played against a mixture of ones, and Lance played against a mixture of twos and ones, and Lance, or excuse me, Darnold played against a mixture of twos and ones, and Lance played against a mixture of twos and threes. Like, let's not go crazy here, but you can only go against what you're going against, right? You, you can't change that. And for Brock Purdy, really positive notes. It's a testament to all the flack this training staff has gotten for the injuries in 2020 and beyond that they have gotten two quarterbacks, Lance and Purdy, back on the field in a relatively quick time after what could have been career-altering injuries. You know, Lance the broken foot and the ankle, Purdy the torn UCL, what, seven months ago. He's been practicing for around a month, and he's already back playing live-action games you know, what, you know, seven months in and kind of a month into his rehab process. Like, it really is a testament to the training staff for all the flack they've gotten a really, really good job getting the most important position on this team back to full health and gearing up for the season. Um, But a lot to take away from Brock Birdie. I hope you, when you watched him, felt comfortable. Tell me in the comments below. Hit me up on social media. How did you feel seeing Brock Birdie out there? Like... Forget Darnold and Lance for one second. Just Brock Purdy. Did it make you sit back and go, oh, like sigh of relief? Like... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Darnold can be mediocre all he wants, Lance can be up and down all he wants, but if Brock Purdy's out there, we are going to be okay. We actually have a known commodity that's been shown to win at least seven games for us and has the full support of this team and Kyle Shanahan behind him. How does that make you feel knowing he went 4 for 5 and marched down the field on, on, on his first drive back and scored some points and really showed some really good things? And I do think really was the example of what a starting caliber quarterback looks like in the NFL. He was shifty still, you know, Brock still doing hezzy steps and, and breaking guys' ankles still. Like, Brock Purdy looked like Brock Purdy last year. Um, that, that is a really, really positive note to leave Saturday on, but he was not the only quarterback that played. Uh, Sam Darnold. Um, I thought it was interesting with Sam Darnold that he actually got one drive with the starting offensive line minus Trent Williams. I thought that was a little interesting. Um, Trey Lance didn't get that against the Raiders. Um, I wonder if he'll get that against the Chargers on Friday. Uh, the starters are supposed to play. Not sure how many or who exactly is going to play on Friday against the Chargers, but apparently Kyle Shanahan said they are going to play on Friday against Los Angeles, and so we'll see. But I would like to at least see Lance with the ones for a drive like Darnold got in this game, but uh, I do think Sam Darnold looked pretty good. The stat line will tell you uh, 11 for 14, 109 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Um, He had five drives. Um, There were three punts, and there was one three and out, but I thought for all the bad Sam Darnold did, which there was some bad, I, I, I do think that there were 
know, there were times where he underthrew Conley late towards the end zone. Um, that was a dangerous ball, but you want to get that obviously, you know, on that back shoulder or behind the defender that was underthrown could have been dangerous towards the end zone. I, I'm not sure if how quickly he saw that play. Um, it seemed like he kind of caught Conley late, but pick things up, move a little faster. That's probably a touchdown or should be a touchdown uh, on behalf of Sam Darnold. Um, there was a couple sacks that one wasn't his fault, but you can tell that if he didn't hit his first read, uh, the offensive line wasn't holding up once they got to that second unit for him. So offensive line play shoddy again may have cost him a sack or two. Then there was a one, like if there was one throw I can point to and say there's still that seeing ghost turnover prone Sam Darnold, it is the one where he has Ronnie Bell open or not open, excuse me. To his left on the comebacker, defender draped all over him. There is no space, no window, and Darnold still forces that throw. Uh, I understand it's preseason. Uh, you want to give your guy a chance, but I'd rather you give somebody else a chance who has a, even if it's a small window, or just throw it away. Like, there is no reason to make a contested throw or throw a ball into a completely covered receiver on third down when you're at midfield or you're close to midfield. just I get it. You want to make a play, but it's that stuff right there that makes me say, Sam, in an actual game against the ones on defense, say Pittsburgh or the Giants or the Cowboys or, or Philadelphia, uh, it's small stuff like that that would make me a little hesitant to play you. But uh, three, maybe four plays that I didn't love from Sam Darnold. But other than that, I thought Sam Darnold, prior to seeing Trey Lance, uh, looked really, really good. Uh, he had a phenomenal final drive, uh, but there were a lot of great plays. Um, hit a lot of slants on time, on the money to Chris Conley. Um, had an amazing throw to, to Juwan Jennings on a crosser um, that kind of got negated by John Feliciano holding, but you know, perfect placement, you know, found... Like just right over the second layer of the defense, right in toward John Jennings' breadbasket. Perfect throw. Um, then there was stuff where, you know, Ronnie Bell catches a ball, then fumbles and gets the ball back for San Francisco. Then, you know, later, um, like, Bell had a ton of action, and we'll dive into him soon, but, you know, slant that he catches and fumbles, then a, a slant that hits him in the face that was a, you know, a literal, the like, perfect, like, if you drew up the perfect slant ball thrown right to the hands in stride, helmet, helmet height, didn't like, he threw that ball so freaking hard. It didn't even like Bell couldn't even get his hands on it. It was off the face mask, up in the air, interception. So even Darnold's one pick wasn't his fault. Um Sam was really, really good. Uh there was a Arguably his best play outside of the Jennings one, in my opinion, was on third down. Uh, he finds Daz Newsom towards the right sideline for a first down. Quick out, boom, on the money, where only Newsom can catch the football, drags his toes in for a first down, keeps that drive going, ultimately scores a touchdown via Jack Coletto. Uh, so Sam Darnold, uh, early, not, not great, wasn't moving the ball too well, but to end, again, his last drive, you know, started on his own 37, goes 5 for 6, 58 yards and a touchdown. Like, Darnold looked really good in this game. And, and the conversation around him is always, he's mediocre, he's mid, he's not good, he sucks. You know, look what he did in, in New York and Carolina. Again, imagine Sam Darnold with the ones. And I'm not saying that's a world beater. 
I'm not saying that's a franchise quarterback. What I'm saying is, is that Sam Darnold in this offense, this system, like there are signs of growth. He he was not turnover prone in practice. He hasn't been that way uh, in preseason thus far, granted very small sample sizes, but um, now there are some throws that are in places that I wouldn't want him to do. Like I said earlier, to Ronnie Bell on the left sideline when he's, you know, has a DB all over him. But I do think that, you know, the quote-unquote mistakes in the box score really haven't been Sam Darnold's fault. Um, and to see him go three and out, and many fans say, see, he can't move the football in the offense. And to see him do that to end his outing was really impressive to me. And had Trey Lance not done what he did, uh, I think we would have left saying nail in the coffin, quarterback two job is done, but then there's Trey Lance. <laughs> um, can we just step back and talk about what Trey Lance did on Saturday? Um, that was awesome. That like that was for a young quarterback who we we talked about it last week who has gotten so much unnecessary hate and you know whether he's quarterback one or quarterback two or quarterback three or whatever he is, right? Who cares? Um, no one deserves that. And to see him after a week of you know, getting criticized, you know, to the top of the, to the 10th degree, to come out there and bounce back after last week against the Raiders and kind of struggle early in this game, um, had a few throws, didn't love, and probably wouldn't ever want him to throw again, but... The way he ended was so good. Like, this may have been, in the fourth quarter especially, the best Trey Lance we've ever seen. And to, to, to take what he's done in training camp, and even if you forgot against the Raiders, like, forget, lost the Raider game away. What he did in training camp, and what I've seen in training camp, and what's been reported in training camp, and put that and match that with what he did on Saturday against Denver, like, Trey Lance is growing as a player, he's learning as a player, and, and I'll admit to you, uh, I did not go into this game confident in Trey Lance following that Raider game. I just sat back and said, ah, I, I'm not sure what he can do. Is he a practice player only? Like, is it rust? Is it the injury? Like, but leaving the Raider game, I sat back and said, his outing wasn't based off of physical limitations. He was seeing guys open. He just didn't throw it. In this game, it was the exact opposite. He saw guys open, and once he got comfortable, he was hitting guys. Like, there's a six-play drive in here. He completes six straight passes, has three scoring drives, and leads almost what should have been had Jake Moody not missed an extra point earlier, a game-tying drive but also the game-winning drive. Like, I think this for a young player is a sign of growth, but also a a drive, an outing for a young player who needed this more than anybody on that field, who you could argue his stock's at an all-time low right now. Like Mike Silver said a fifth-round pick is all San Francisco got offered for him. The world, the fan base, half of it doesn't like him or doesn't believe in him. And to see him go out there and when he walks on that field to hear that crowd with a minute and 22 left in the third quarter where we're all saying, where is Trey Lance? Why isn't he out there? With a minute and 22 left in the third quarter to hear that crowd, all of a sudden you hear, you know, it's quiet. Then you hear the, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And you go, why is that happening? And then you see number five jog onto the field and go, now I get it. This fan base, for all the hate Trey Lance gets, is at least intrigued by him still. They still want him to get a chance. This fan base, whether it's a Sam Darnold dislike or just the intrigue of Trey Lance, they want Trey Lance to win this quarterback two job. I want Trey Lance to win this quarterback two job. And I think today, or on Saturday, uh, while Sam Darnold didn't lose any ground, I think Trey Lance gained an immense, immense step up from where he was and may have even this thing back up in regards to just preseason game performances. Trey Lance looked phenomenal uh, in this fourth quarter. And we'll dive into his play right now. Uh, 12 for 18, 173 yards, one touchdown, one reception. Um, early, it wasn't great. A lot of checkdowns looked uneasy, mind you. Uh, there was an interception on a screen pass where I said, okay, a screen pass, while yes, is difficult, like, any other pass is, it's also the easiest pass you can make as a quarterback. It is literally a given check down play, right? Like there is no other read. It's just check down. You have one read, easy stuff. And you know, your offensive line is going to move out the way. There's going to be a defender in your face. Your job is to get it over him. Trey Lance didn't do that. And to sit there and watch that play, it was like, has Trey not learned from the Raider game? Are we going to see the exact same Trey Lance? Like, this thing didn't start out pretty, mind you. But the way it ended, different story. Um, there was a different play later where he just threw it right to Ty Davis Price, who was, again, covered by a linebacker, and TDP just stood there. Like, that could have been a pick. And not have been, I, I don't like counting, you know, almost picks because it doesn't really count. <laughs> um, but a dangerous throw either way, TDP. Uh, if you're not going to pass block and you're not going to try for a catch, uh, what are you doing out there? Like, you, no block, no rock. I don't care if you average 5.5 yards a carry, which you did on Saturday and had the ice, you know, the, the, the icing run of the game to get this team into what the 5, 10 yard line for a game winning field goal. That's great stuff. You don't block and you show a little effort, I don't want to play you. I don't, I don't care how good you've been in training camp or practice or even in this game. Um, I need to see a higher effort and a more deliberate effort, effort on pass blocking and fighting for contested balls in the air. So, bad throw by Trey Lance, yes. Uh, screen ball, didn't like that either. Um, but I do think Trey Lance did a phenomenal job avoiding pressure. There's a play that doesn't even count on a stat sheet where he avoids pressure, runs to his left, hits Tate Martin on a beautiful pass, and Martin drops it. And you're like, that was like, that was like first round pick, you know, amazing physical traits on display, and that's not going, like, people aren't going to remember that play because it didn't count in the stat sheet. But it does here. Like, I want to credit the effort there. If we're going to talk about Brock Purdy being a dog and, and Sam Darnold being on time and his, and his pick not counting and, you know, balls to Daz Newsom from the right sideline, I do want to give credit to Trey Lance for, on a play that doesn't even count, like, that was a great job by him. His job was done. And, and we talked about, you know, letting it rip. 
if someone else makes a mistake, that's on them. Do your job. That way, on the film, you know, when they're watching film, you can point to and go, that, that was not on me, Kyle. That was on Tay Martin. No, I did my job. <laughs> um, and I, I think Trey did that. Like, there was... It was almost like after those first two drives, a flip just... Or, or the switch just flipped on him. And it was like... Trey Lance against the Raiders, not great and consistent. Uh, you know, there's some nice in there, but not too much. Then as that third drive started, it was a whole different gear for Trey Lance. They get a field goal on the second drive, um, and then here we go, right? Uh, Six-play drive. This was his best six-play stretch of his career. Completing the flat to Ronnie Bell. Then, boom, hits Law to goes through his progressions for a first down. Then the, he, the safety blitzes. He, re, he feels and sees the safety blitz, reads the defense. Okay, who are you guarding? Willie Sneed? He's going to be open. What does he do? Boom. Willie Sneed, big chunk game. That stuff he wasn't doing his rookie season, that stuff he wasn't even doing last week against Las Vegas. Then a slam to Tate Martin. Uh, then a big pass to Sneed over the middle. This may have been his best play of the day. Um, minus his touchdown pass to Cam Latu, uh, Sneed, like, this ball was a rocket. And for Trey, who doesn't have the prettiest spiral, this ball was a, like, Colin Kaepernick style, this boom, boom, like, right on the money, right on his chest, defender right there with his hand reached out, like, this was a, like, this gunned in there, it was like this thing was shot from NASA, this bang, boom, first down to Sneed on the money, then for Camelotu, hikes the football, like, deeks the safety, you know, kind of reads him, kind of gets him with his eyes to move more left, knows Latu's on the right seam with no one next to him, looks the safety off, then boom, quickly turns and fires it for a touchdown. Um, Trey Lance on Saturday, I was proud. Like, and what does that mean? Like, like who cares, right? But, like, that's... After everything he's been through, the not playing much in his rookie season, the injury last year, the hate he's getting now, playing poorly against Las Vegas, um, and kind of leaving a bitter taste in many fans' mouths, um, and many fans saying, he ain't it. Even I sat here and said, you cannot do what you did against Vegas if you want to play in the NFL. You just can't. Uh, I wasn't the only person saying that, that he looked like a rookie with no experience. Now, mind you, he has little experience, but today was the Trey Lance, or Saturday was the Trey Lance that I have saw the entirety of training camp of, like, this guy looks like something. Like, there's, the magic is still there in him. Now, we can talk all about if Kyle Shanahan still wants that and feels that and whatnot, but um, I think everybody should be impressed with Trey Lance after this game. That, okay, like... Is he going to start this year? We'll see. But leaving the game, I think there still is at least an inkling of thought in our mind that he still could be a franchise quarterback if he continues to build upon this. Now, again, it's third string, guys. I get it. You can only play against who you're lined up across from. And for him to dice them up and really put together this amazing, consistent, cohesive... Like, it, he looked like... A first-round pick. He looked like he came out of this year and had you know four years of college on those last two drives. 
Like, he looked like... Again, he looked, <laughs> looked phenomenal. Like, he looked phenomenal. Now, it's funny enough that on that drive for his touchdown pass, Brandon Ayuk comes out and celebrates, which was funny. Debo Samuel's laughing. Mooney Ward's laughing. And Kyle Shanahan's like, are you serious right now? Like, I'm trying to tie this game up on a two-point conversion. And Brandon Ayuk's like, this is my boy! This is my boy! <laughs> and Kyle's just like, oh, God. Like, And Trey's like, I'm embarrassed. His face is all red. And you're like, okay, like, I hope that's not the end of the game because there's a, you know, there's a chance there that had the defense not done their part, that could have been our last glimpse of Trey Lance, but the good stuff doesn't end there because Trey Lance, back against the wall, comes out his last drive of the game, um, avoids a sack on the first play, throws an incomplete pass, good stuff, keep the drive alive, stop the clock, great stuff there, then boom, screen pass to Ronnie Bell, it's a big gain, then a huge clutch crosser to hit Ronnie Bell over the middle let him run for a huge gain I don't know what it was for but like it's stuff like that where you can like me and you talked about that we wanted to see Trey Lance remember who he was remember why he's here remember what this team gave up to get him where he was drafted it was almost like in that third or fourth drive that hit him that oh I am a former first round pick you traded three first-round draft picks for me. I was supposed to be your franchise quarterback. That's who I am. I'm Trey freaking Lance. Like, I was drafted out of college with only one year of experience. That's how good I am. That's how much you believed in me. And it finally seems like, at least from the outside looking in, he's starting to believe in himself. Now, it's one game. It's two drives. Very impressive, mind you. Like, you cannot take away going 8 for 10, 142 yards and one touchdown to end your out, like, your outing. That's in four drives. Four, two of them not great, but the last two, 8 for 10, 142 yards and one touchdown. My goodness, folks. Give that man four quarters and the starters and see what he can do. Now, again, it's one game. But going from the Raider game to now, where he was indecisive, wasn't comfortable, running for his life, wasn't letting it rip, wasn't trusting what he saw with his eyes to Saturday against Denver. He settled in after an inconsistent start, was ripping throws into small windows, um, and the confidence to not only lead a game-tying drive or should have been game-tying drive, but also a game-winning drive. Like, that takes guts, it takes confidence, it takes the belief in yourself and your teammates to do stuff like that. Um, like, that's... That is a quarterback that is starting to come out of his shell. It's one game. I don't want to go too crazy, but it's stuff like that where you sit back and you go, man, like, should Trey Lance be in the starting quarterback conversation? Now, I'm not saying I would do that. Purdy's this team starter, but when fans say that, I don't agree with them, but I get it. Because then you start to ask questions of, well, if you give him Debo and Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Ayuk and a starting offensive line, and you know, he's not worried about running for his life all the time, and he's able to have you know star receivers and you know, the second best tight end and the best running back in football, what can that do for him? What can the offense look like with his skill set? Now, we might never see it. Might never see it ever. And that may be a travesty. But leaving this game... He's going to make this roster. He's not going to get traded. Um, 
whoever's talking about that is lying to you. They're foolish. They're dumb. Like, that's not going to happen. They're not showcasing him. Um, we might throw things out there and see if they stick, and if they don't, okay, whatever. Like, they're not trading him. He's making this team. And I can even argue that with what he's done altogether, he may even have a leg up on the quarterback two position right now. Um, I can certainly say his ceiling is so much higher than Sam Darnold's. Now, his floor is much lower, mind you. His, his, his floor is that Raider game, right? His ceiling is, you know, 8 for 10, 142 yards and a touchdown in one drive. Or two drives. Like, that's... And that's where Trey has to get better. That... Can Shanahan trust you with the ones? Like, if I were to ask you, in a backup quarterback, what do you want? Do you want high ceiling, low floor, or do you want low floor, or excuse me, high floor, low ceiling? Like, you want someone to give you, if there's four games, go two for two. If he released Purdy in a game, you want your backup quarterback to not be the reason you lose said game, right? Right now, I would still lean towards Darnold being the guy who's not going to lose you that game, albeit there are still things I point to, like earlier, that he's still forcing throws sometimes, but ended a way that I think many fans should feel confident if he has to play this year that they can win some games. But for Trey Lance, it's like, I want you to be quarterback too. Your ceiling is so much higher than probably every quarterback on the roster right now. But if he can raise that floor... Even if that ceiling falls a little bit, that's okay. But if that floor raises, he's going to win this job. He might even be in the conversation for starting quarterback next year or if Purdy starts to fail. Like, let's say we're five weeks in, this team is 1-4 for whatever reason, and Purdy's not playing well, Trey Lance should play. Yeah, like that, not Darnold, Trey Lance should play. Now, if this team is... Two and two, and we're going into week five, and Purdy gets hurt in week five, middle of the game. Sam Darnold should play. And that's kind of where I think the quarterback room is, where Shanahan is like, if Purdy plays bad or is out for the season, Lance, you're the guy. But if Purdy gets hurt in week five against whoever and is back in a week or two, Darnold, you're the guy. And it kind of feels like Kyle Shanahan has this weird, versatile quarterback room where anybody can play at any moment if Purdy goes down. Um, and I hate that, <laughs> but I kind of understand it because he's kind of protecting himself from every single possibility of I'm not going to let this season fall flat on its face. Um, Purdy, really good, solid. Sam ended very well. I, I think had Lance not played in this game or, you know, was the Lance of the first two drives. Darnold was the best-looking quarterback on the field until Lance took over in those final two drives. Lance, great stuff. I I'm so happy for him as a person, but on the field alone, uh, you can feel this team going, this is Trey Lance. You can see the fan base saying, yes, like this is what we've been waiting to see for three years now. And if he continues to do this against the Chargers, maybe down the road there is some place for Trey Lance to still be a quarterback on the San Francisco 49ers. Great stuff. Love what I saw. So happy. But 42 minutes in, let's talk about the running backs. Let's talk about other stuff that happened on Saturday. Because Jordan Mason, uh, I think right now, if Elijah Mitchell isn't healthy, he's running back too. Uh, TDP has just done to, like, 
Running the football, TDP looks better. Blocking, pass catching, uh, just not it. And I think Mason will make Shanahan feel more comfortable. He's played in games last year. Uh, so right now, if the season ended tomorrow and Mitchell's not healthy, McCaffrey, Mason, like he had a big 10-yard run in this game. Um, he had two spin moves in the same play to gain like eight yards. It was like, oh, 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 spin move, spin move. Um, so Jordan Mason, great stuff. Again, TDP, uh, huge, huge cutback to ice the game in the fourth quarter. I don't want to not give him credit for that, but no block, no rock. You have to, like, if you're going to be on the field on this roster, on this team, you are going to have to block for the quarterback and fight for contested balls. Um, and if you don't do that, you're not going to play. Uh, Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell is going to make this team. He should make this team. He's not going to take John Jennings' spot this year. Jennings is not getting cut. Uh, that, that's not a conversation. Um, now knowing Danny Gray's hurt and McLeod's hurt, he's not taking anyone's spot. He's going to make the team outright. He, he's going to be this team's fifth receiver. Now it's going to be interesting to see how they work this because McLeod cannot go on IR until after week one. And if Danny Gray isn't going to be, you know, be out for an elongated period of time, they're not going to place him on IR either. So San Francisco could carry four healthy receivers and two hurt receivers and then see if they can bring back somebody. But there may be a place where, like, the conversation becomes, do you want a veteran player, a Conley, a Sneed, or, or Tay Martin maybe, or do you want Ronnie Bell? I think that conversation is pretty much done. Ronnie Bell has been phenomenal. Now, there are some question marks. Seven catches, 114 yards. Um, he looks great on screen passes. Uh, he looks good on slants. Like, again, that huge crosser from Lance on the game-winning drive. Um, he looks like an honorary yak, bro. Many fans are calling him that now. Um, he is really good with the ball in his hands. Before, in, in routes, he's fine. But once that ball is secure in his hand, he can make some magic happen. Um, I love what I see from him. But, despite all the good, and he'll make this roster, I think he's a lock right now. There are some things that do worry me about him, and I, I don't want to be negative, right? But he's played two games thus far. He's fumbled once. That one was recovered against Denver. But he's had two balls hit him in the hands, or at least one in the hands and one in his face, that have both been picked off afterwards. Like, you have to catch those balls. Um, they were not uncatchable. They were right to him with no defender near him, or at least in front of him. It wasn't a contested catch. It's Ronnie. You have to secure the ball. And he had a drop problem in practice that has kind of caught up back to him the past few games. And I'd rather him, like, having a drop pass isn't like the end-all be-all. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. You stink. But if your drop pass continues to be turnovers or takeaways, that's a problem. And for Ronnie Bell, it's happened twice in two games for... Seven catches, 114 yards or whatever it is. He looks great to... Yeah, but he... He kind of caused two interceptions. Like, he himself has caused the offense to give the ball away. And if you don't want the quarterback doing that stuff or a running back fumbling, why would you want a receiver out there who's going to give the defense the ball back? Like, 
again, there's so much good that outweighs the bad, but it's small stuff like that where it's like, you have to be more secure with the ball. You cannot play this game of, yeah, but I had 114 yards and seven catches. And Kyle's like, yeah, but you gave the other team the ball back twice in two games and could have happened the third time had Fumagalli not recovered the fumble. So, Ronnie Bell, really good, really impressed, has been by far the star of this team thus far in the two preseason games. Uh, he should make this roster, deserves to make this roster, uh, but we'll see what happens with the return stuff. If, if Gray's out for a, a while and McLeod is already out, um, Bell should make this team simply because he's a receiver playing well, but also he does give them kick and punt return versatility. I do think Ronnie Bell's spot is locked in, like signed, still delivered, he's making this roster. Uh, Cam Latu, though. Let's clap it up for Cam Latu. Uh, vanilla as can be. <laughs> uh, a man who had no confidence after an awful training camp of block or drops almost every single day. Dropped two passes coming into this week against Denver. Dropped or fumbled one against Las Vegas. Um, he has been the most probably disappointing player of this year's draft class, but... You can see that starting to come together. The confidence is building. Now, there was a play where um, towards the sideline, he kind of caught the ball with his body and was like, you know, kind of fumbling it. And, and you can tell he was like, oh, I I can catch. I, I can catch the football. I can do this. And after that moment, he looked great. Like, I can see why they picked him so high. He can get open. And if he can actually catch the football and not have butter hands, Cam Watu is making some moves and making things happen. Three catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown pass. Like, now, is he going to be that come regular season? I don't think he's been good enough over you know this five, you know, eight-week stretch of playing. But come on late in preseason, put a couple practices together, build your confidence. You can be this team's fourth or third tight end behind a veteran player in George Kittle. Like, there is room to grow for him. Obviously, being a third-round pick, he's not going to get cut, or you don't, don't think he will get cut. But you can see that the, the growth is there. You can see that once he realized, I can actually catch the football, that the confidence grew. He felt more comfortable and felt more confident. I did like what I saw from Camelot to a young player, seeing things finally click and gain that confidence and believing in themselves Believing in yourselves matters, folks. For Cam Latu, it made a big difference on Saturday against Denver. Um, the offensive line, it was worse for Darnold than Lance, but Lance also had issues too. Uh, Jason Poe, Nick Zakel, Il Manning, like, guys were getting tossed around. A lot of penalties, a lot of holding calls. Um, Watson was really bad. I think he had three pressures given up in this game. Um, now, Jalen Moore and Matt Pryor played a lot better, but still, I don't know if this team's swing tackles on this team right now. I'm not sure it should be. Um, they played better, but they've not been very good. So, we'll keep an eye on them, but just want to mention, um, better play, mind you, much better play. It, 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 it's, it's not them, you know, it's not the backouts playing against the ones of Las Vegas or, you know, higher-end twos of Las Vegas compared to the lower end twos of our offensive line, but still a concern, but better performance, but still not great. Still a big worry. 
The defense, though. Uh, Steve Wilkes, his debut sucked against Las Vegas. Against Denver, he was bringing the blitzes. I caught two with the starters. Um, Javon Hargrave looked really good getting back up field. Um, he had a pressure in this game as well. Um, there still is concerns with the edge rushers, minus Austin Bryant and Clellan Farrell getting pressure. Um, Bear didn't do much. Hyder got hurt, but he also didn't do much. Um, now, Marlon Davidson and T.Y. McGill look pretty good on the interior. My concern isn't the interior, though. It's Nick Bosa still wasn't signed. Drake Jackson is hurt, but getting healthy this week, or should be. And then you have a whole bunch of question marks. Um, in this game, they didn't show up. They better come week one versus Pittsburgh if Nick Bosa isn't there. Now, I think he will be, but if he's not there, um, I have a lot of questions. That what was assumed to be a strength with Nick Bosa in that room becomes a weakness instantly. And so, there's some room to improve there. Austin Bryan's been really good in his first two games, but other than that, it's been a bunch of... Eh. Um, D. Winters forced to fumble. Again, it went out of bounds, but... These linebackers are fast. Jalen Graham uh, wearing the, the green dot in the mic again. Like, these guys are quick. They're flying around. Um, Jalen Graham, I think, is going to take Demetrius Flanagan Fowles' spot on the roster. Um, I think it's going to be Warner, Greenlaw, McCurry Ball, Burks, and Graham. Uh, I don't think Winters is making the team outright. Uh, I think he'll get cut and hopefully brought back. But Graham has been really good. Um, and I can even see in a weird world where... You know, come next year where Burks is a free agent, they're rocking Warner, Greenlaw, McCray Ball, and, and Graham, and if Winters is still there, with five insanely fast, insanely quick guys who, you want to talk about hunting, these guys are going to hunt, and you are not going to escape from them. Uh, but they're quick, man. Uh, Dimitri's playing against fouls wasn't great in this game. Uh, DFF, someone who they cut earlier this year and brought back on a cheaper contract, uh, still struggling in coverage. Uh, I don't see him making this roster, unfortunately. I, I like him a lot. Now, maybe they value him as a special teamer. I can see that by far. Uh, but I'm just not sure about him knowing the up-and-comers uh, like Graham and Winters playing pretty well in their small sample sizes during preseason. Um, keep it rolling here. The nickel spot. Um, San Francisco is trying new things. Mooney Ward started this game with Thomas and Lenore opposite him but Thomas on the outside Lenore playing nickel to start this game um I thought Thomas had a up and down game uh had a you know, good play early in the first quarter uh, on the post route uh covered the receiver very well uh made sure a touchdown wasn't had <laughs> by Cortland Sutton so good job on him but then later in the first half I believe almost towards the end of the first half uh he just got beat bad <laughs> by a receiver uh fell down on the play collided with Isaiah Oliver and thankfully Jair Brown was back there to make that tackle and, and save a touchdown but up and down from Amber Thomas but I, I I do think they feel confident in him right now they are going to give him that chance to win the outside job um then Nishan Jameson um he was fine in this game I, I would argue kind of a negative game for him though uh, fumbled the punt that's not good uh, after a good week against Vegas, not so good against Denver this week. Again, fumbled a punt. There was one play, and for young players, you have to finish the play. Tay Martin, Matt Pryor, Deshaun Jameson, 
we've seen these three players, now Pryor is a veteran player, but Martin and Jameson especially, uh, just because you think you've made a play or the play's over with, the whistle hasn't blown yet. And Deshaun Jameson makes a good play to, to stop a guy, or he thought stop a guy behind the line of scrimmage on like third down, and he's flexing like, oh, I got him, oh, I got him. And the guy's like jumping for two more yards like a fish trying to fight for the first down. It's like, finish the play. I get you want to flex and you think you're tough, but that's just as bad as a, as a defensive back going like, oh, I stopped them, I stopped them, when the receiver dropped the ball. And I can argue it's worse because in that case, the receiver didn't complete the pass. In this case, the running back's flopping around for a first down behind you while you're out there flexing like, oh, I got him, I got him. And it's like, well... Kinda. Like, you made a nice play, but the play isn't finished. Finish the play. And I think right now, this is like week three against the Chargers on Friday. This is going to be Oliver and Thomas duking it out for that nickel spot because Isaiah Oliver, for two straight weeks, was not good. He missed a pivotal third down play. He just freaking whiffed. Third and eight, he's in position. He whiffs on the play. Would have been a punting situation for Denver. Guy gets a first down. And you're sitting there like, Did, aren't we paying you almost $3 million to miss tackles? And I like him. He was so good in camp. I don't know what changed. Like, there was confidence there. I'm not sure if this is Amber Thomas playing so well they want to give him a chance because he's cheaper and he's younger. And they, they've seen him you know, step up in big moments in 2021? Or is this Oliver playing so bad that they're saying, we got to figure something out here because we can't have you guard Cooper Cup or Lockett or, or Rondell Moore. Like, we can't have you out there. I'm not sure. It's probably a mixture of both. But for Isaiah Oliver, many fans are questioning now, is he going to get cut? And he's making $2.9 million this year guaranteed. Cutting him would cost $1.4 million in dead cap, and San Francisco would only save around $240,000. Um, not really efficient, not the best idea there, but if you assume or you think it was an error to sign him, not good. And a, Another option is trading him for like a fifth or sixth round pick, but then you're losing... You, you think you have a, a nickel cornerback... That is going to start for you and replace Jimmy Ward, who Steve Wilkes vouched for. And you're going to trade him after one offseason and one preseason in. You can save $1.3 million, but that's kind of a, a huge mistake on your half. Or, or, or on your behalf, if you're San Francisco and Steve Wilkes, where you've paid a guy money. I'd rather you not sign Sam Darnold or maybe make that deal a little cheaper or kind of find some wiggle room somewhere. And just go bring back Jimmy Ward. <laughs> now, I get Jimmy didn't want to play nickel, and I understand that, but you can find somebody else. And they weren't assuming this was going to happen, but right now that pick does not look, or that, that signing doesn't look great so far, and it does make me question. So you're going to keep Mooney Ward. Lenore's a lock. Uh, Womack's making the team. Thomas is seemingly making the team, too. That's four guys. Uh, two of them can play the inside, Lenore and Womack, but you would like, if anybody has to, Lenore is the only person you trust on the inside outside of Oliver, and there's Jameson. 
then there's Oliver. <laughs> so you have Mooney, Thomas, Womack, Jameson are four guys who can only play the outside or have little experience playing inside. Then there's Lenore and Oliver. Do you keep Oliver, who failed playing outside corner, in this hope he can be a backup nickel primarily? Is that worth it? I don't know. Like, you kind of have to hope if you're San Francisco, Oliver is your starting nickel cornerback because it makes your room so much deeper behind him where if he gets hurt, you have Lenore who, who can go inside and Thomas can play outside or Womack can. But if he fails and is, gets benched or you know, isn't good, your room is much weaker than you thought coming into it. And, and I, I, I would worry about playing DK Metcalf and, you know, whoever else is in Los Angeles now or, you know, playing Philadelphia. Like, would you trust Ambry Thomas on Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown? No. Will you trust him against CeeDee Lamb? No. Like, there would be a massive concern there for San Francisco. But thankfully, we do have a bright spot in the secondary. Jair Brown, uh, two really good plays in this game. One on a screen pass. Uh, contained the edge on it, forced the running back back inside into the defense uh, and allowed them to make the play on him. That's good awareness of where the ball is. The other one, again, Amber Thomas gets beat. About to be the end of the first half, Brown runs the, the receiver down, gets him down towards like the one-inch line, and for the second straight week, he stops a would-be touchdown as the last defender in front of him, the last line of the fence, does his job. That's great stuff. Um, and one more thing here. Jake Moody bounced back. Uh, missed an extra point. Had many fans saying, should we play Zane Gonzalez? But hits three field goals, gets nine of ten points, hits the game winning field goal. I do think we're seeing Jake Moody kind of all three third round picks. Brown playing the best by far, but Law 2 finding his confidence and Jake Moody going, okay, like, I don't have the yips. I'm okay, everything is fine, but overall in this game, a much better, well-rounded performance from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, much better than Vegas, <laughs> by far. Um, and we got, well, what, six days until five days until Friday against the Chargers. The preseason finale, roster cuts are coming up very, very soon. One final game to prove yourself if you're on the bubble. Isaiah Oliver, Zane Gonzalez... And one final game for Trey Lance and Sam Darnold to fight for that quarterback number two spot. Going to be fun. Uh, and I cannot wait until Friday against LA. And cannot wait until week one of the NFL season in Pittsburgh in, what, 24 days, whatever it is now. We are three weeks away from actual meaningful football. And if you want to go to any of the games this year, Use that promo code 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com. 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. If you want to buy any gear, hats, jerseys, pants, pajamas, bras, panties, I don't care, whatever your thing is, use that link up above or down below at fanatics.com. Buy the gear there and support the show. In the meantime, also... Follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. Updates from the team, from practice, everything Niners is happening on those two platforms. 
Uh, I want to ask you to leave a like, leave a review, hit subscribe if you're listening on the audio version of the podcast. I want to thank you for listening and watching on YouTube or if you're listening in your car on the podcasting platforms. Uh, It's a big help if you leave a review, if you leave a like, and again, if you subscribe. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for listening. This has been the Forwarding Interactions Podcast. And until next time, stay faithful. Stay faithful.